This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Becky Well Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Revisiting our top story, Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is done for the season with a shoulder injury. And as we take a look at Sunday's game against the Steelers on BetMGM, the Browns are now two-point favorites. This number has been coming down. The total is 34 and a half. That also has been plummeting. So again, as we revisit this game and maybe even some futures bets, Joe, what stands out to you? Imagine if the trade deadline still didn't happen and then Cleveland is mm. desperate to land a quarterback. What would they be doing? Where where would the Vikings be right now? Does any Does the record change at all in any way if it's Cousins? I mean, it's just probably not. Right. We assume that that would not be the case, that he doesn't throw up a complete dud Um, that stands out to me. And they still owe picks. They still owe picks for Watson. Just I wonder how long it's going to take before they really feel that they're not feeling because everything else is built up so strong in that organization. They're not feeling it at the moment. And they thought they got their over the top move in Watson and they were wrong because he's been terrible. It's it's now 2 years. It's over for 2 years in now. And does this mean in 3 years from now they're going to feel it all missing all these draft picks or or what? I'm I'm thinking about the health of the organization. Like when could they move on? Well, you need picks to move on. You need to be, be be able to have you have to have money to move on. I that's what I'm thinking about. Like is it going to click click in year 3? I don't know. But I know we're dealing with the micro of this year. I keep wondering how Deshaun Watson just fell off a cliff. I mean, we've seen flashes of the old version, but is it sim- as simple as he missed that time? Is it mental? Is it just a-, a combination of things? I assume it's just weird. You know, he was so dominant and so good and the Browns looked like geniuses at the time. And it just has not worked. Maybe it's karma. I have no idea what's going on. It might be <laughs> stuff like this would make you believe in something like that. I mean, honestly, yeah. mm-hmm. he was yeah. a legitimate mm-hmm. top five quarterback. He's not past his prime. Like what is going, is it the coaching? Is it the, the, you don't have great receivers, but you know, I mean, just there's talent everywhere. Even with injuries on the offensive line, the offensive line has still been pretty good. Well, and I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, like what was it last season when he was only playing half the year? Like he was playing from under center a good bit more instead of from shotgun when he did that in Houston. And so that is a big adjustment for a quarterback. The offense really wasn't designed for him. So that certainly was more designed for Jacoby Brissett. And that actually worked out okay. Not so much as far as the record was concerned, but the offense moved a good bit better under Brissett than it did Deshaun Watson. So I think part of it was coaching, play design, all of those things. 
the Browns have released a statement saying that he should be ready to Sean Watson for the 2024 season. My question is, how healthy is he going to be going forward? Like, was he healthy to begin with? Like, I know he played through a different injury against the Ravens, so that's a big question. Now we have shoulder concerns. We have all sorts of concerns about Deshaun Watson for next year. Now, it's possible that because this defense is playing so well and they could very well make the playoffs, that this saves Kevin Stefanski's job. I mean, could you imagine if, say, everybody were healthy and the Browns failed to make the playoffs? Like, oh, yes, Stefanski would be gone in that situation. And that, and there was very much a realistic path for that. But as far as the health of the organization is concerned, I look at this and go, all right, what kind of quarterback are you going to have next year? Is he so brittle to the point where you can't rely on him? You paid him all this money. You're kind of stuck with him at this point. But then also, too, at least Stefanski does have this out, you would think, so that he could at least be there for next season. And as we've seen time and time again, head coaching consistency tends to be a good thing. Don't fire your head coach unless you absolutely positively have to. So there are good things and bad things in the Browns' direction going forward. So it will be fascinating to see how this season's outcome affects next season as far as expectations are concerned, but definitely uh, they should be tempered. So let's move on now because uh, one of the bigger spreads in week 11 involves the Raiders and the Dolphins. Uh, This spread was at Miami minus 10. It is now currently at 12 on BetMGM with a total of 46 and a half. And I'll be honest, Joe, it's hard for me to find a reason why there's been a whole lot of line movement. Maybe you can shed some light on that, but yeah, Dolphins really, really good. The Raiders debatably bad, I guess. What do you think? Yeah, I, people are realizing, okay, it's been a nice story with the Raiders and what's going on, but look at the the opponents that they've played here. I mean, yeah. I. The thing is, the Dolphins have been so great at home. I mean, that not that a big part of it? That you look at their, their wins – Double digits, uh, they beat Carolina by three scores. Uh, what, 15-point win against the Giants. The Broncos, they won by 50. It's still alarming when you look at it. But, yeah, that happened this year, and the Broncos are actually trending up right now. I think that's just what it is. Like, okay, Vegas has to go across country. McDaniel's been scheming stuff up for a couple of weeks. Everybody got some some rest. And if we see something that is amazing on a week to week basis, offensively, imagine what we're going to see with this extra time to prepare against an awful defense. I think that's the, that's the thinking that the 10 was just short. Yeah. And speaking of defense, the Miami defense has been playing better. And I think a rookie Mm -hmm. quarterback is going to struggle against Vic Fangio's defense. And I'm, I love this Raiders story. I come from a big family of Raiders fans. It's a great story, but you got to pick and choose your spots. And I'm not sure this is one where I will be lining up to put my money on the Raiders. Chiefs next week. <laughs> <laughs> are you suggesting the Raiders are going again. to re- we're going to regress to the mean. Is that what you're anticipating when it comes to the Raiders? Uh, what's the mean that with the Steelers? The, what's the what's the mean for the Raiders for the Raiders? Bad. Yeah, uh, you know, six bad. seven wins, I guess. I mean, although so one or two more wins it, the rest of the year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So they have like seven games left, right? They're five and five right now. Seven games left. If they go one and six, or let's say two and five, they finish seven and ten. 
aren't they kind of exceeding expectations there? I mean, to me, that's yeah. terrible as far as what we thought. Yeah. When you fire your coach, you're probably supposed to have th- three to five wins. That's the expectation. And right. If you somehow get to seven, like you're barely below 500 in the in a great division. It's still a great division. So, yeah, I would say you're exceeding expectations. Sure. And okay, if you go seven and ten, does Pierce keep the job? So that would be four and five under him. Mm-hmm. Is that his job? I I don't think so. I, I don't think no. so. I mean, it, it's almost like a cult situation where it's sort of a, a, a placeholder more than anything else. But I mean, if the Raiders are that flush with cash, I got to feel like they're going to go after another big name or, or a you know hot commodity coordinator or something like that. I don't think Pierce quite, quite fits that description, Aaron. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, the I think they like him. Yeah, I, I do, too. I do, too. And he's got this swag. He's from Compton. He just kind of fits the part, <laughs> I think. Well, what's the number, well, reason, number one reason you, you're keeping Antonio Pierce? Right. He's from Compton. No, I just think that, like, there is this vibe against anyone with the Raiders yeah. organization. They're just built a little different. And Max Crosby said as much. And I think Antonio Pierce kind of fits the Raiders brand over there. What? Okay, so we've got uh, the Dolphins coming off a bye. But just playing devil's advocate, can the Raiders yeah. cover yeah. this big spread? How much stock are you putting into sure. the fact that the Dolphins haven't beaten a team with a winning record? Does that come into play? Is there a chance the Las Vegas surprises us and covers this number? Well, the Raiders don't have a winning record. So they're not like a, mm-hmm. among the good opponents. They're among the reality is they're among the poor opponents. They did just fire their coach for a reason. And yeah, they're coming together. And this is the best version of the Raiders that we've seen all season so far. Yeah, they could. There's always that chance. Um, in the NFL, I mean, it's the great equalizer, but I, you're, Miami might be one of my picks this week. I expect mm-hmm. them to demolish them, Smash. the Raiders. Yeah. Especially if that rushing attack for Miami is healthy again. Those outside runs have been absolutely devastating mm. to opponents. So you add that to an already fantastic passing attack where we don't really trust this Raiders passing defense to begin with, especially with the short, quick throws uh, that Tua has been known for this year. 12 does sound like a lot, but when you're playing a high-tempo kind of game that we're expecting – 12 wouldn't take a whole lot to cover like you know like a a 48 34 kind of a game that means Miami covers now it's really high scoring I'm not expecting that but there are a lot of different paths where Miami may not look really really dominant but they cover the 12 so that's probably kind of how I see this uh, playing out I I think the more likely cover we'll see what the number is the more likely covers against Kansas City just how the teams are built and the, the Raiders want to run the ball 30 times a game and that's where the Chiefs defense does struggle a little bit and that will be a monster number that's a good point yeah and and Kansas City doesn't cover spreads a whole lot so that that definitely no. makes a whole lot of sense How about we move on to the Bears and the Lions? And it looks like Justin Fields is back for Chicago, but it's the Lions who are nine-point favorites. It was at 10 for a little bit. Total has moved Mm -hmm. up all the way to 47.5. It was at 45 at one point. Joe, what do you make of the quarterback situation affecting things? Yeah, it looks like it's nine across the board from what I'm seeing. So it's come down a little bit with Fields. This should not be shocking to anyone. 
I think Fields could have played last Thursday against Carolina, but the Bears just decided let's just give him let's just give him another week and a half here because we have the time. Uh, after that Thursday game against Carolina, we can probably beat Carolina with Bajent, and they did just that because the Panthers are so god awful. Um, yeah, no, I mean divisional matchup. We touched double digits before we got word that Fields is returning. So I find it to be fascinating. This is the first time that they're playing this season. So of the Bears' next three games, they're going to be facing them twice because there's a bye mixed in there after next week. But um, it certainly feels like that's a lot of points. That is a lot. I I am tempted uh, to take Chicago and Fields' first game back. Wow. Hmm. The lion stuff. Gosh, this is a tough one. I yeah. lean Lions here. I just think that they seem to be clicking on all cylinders and maybe Fields will be a little rusty. So my early thought is I think the Lions will destroy the Bears. Justin Fields. Destroy. Sorry. Destroy. Bears are awful in the division. They're awful in the division. Bears are now at a point where they don't need to be worrying about tanking. I wonder if that matters mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day. Like, all right, let's roll out the good plays uh, in a game like this. It is also a divisional game. So what does that mean as far as maybe uh, playing the under 47 and a half? I probably like that a little bit more. You know, this Lions defense has yeah. uh, impressed me on a variety of fronts. I could see this being a lower scoring game despite fields returning. Like he might be taking off a good bit more, maybe maybe more run plays to where we have a much faster game. So that's probably the play that I'll like more than anything else. You know, wait to see. But under 47 and a half, that might be what I like the most. Uh, as far as other line movements, Joe, for week 11, what stands out to you? Uh, people are jumping on San Francisco. That's uh, gone up a little bit. We're sitting at 12, I believe, against Tampa Bay. Interesting, Tampa Bay off a very comfortable win against Tennessee, but it's more about the San Francisco side. And, okay, they're back. Let's go. We're we're all back on board, so let's bet into that number. Curious where that goes. It opened 10.5, and and now we're out to 12. San Francisco uh, sitting back at home. That's going to be tough. Um, Look. We know what Tampa Bay is defensively. They're, they stopped the run. So this is a Purdy game. If you believe in Purdy, then you're willing to back San Francisco. And if you're fading him, maybe you're going to take all those points in the end. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay cannot run the ball at all. So you're you're asking that defense, stop Baker. That's That's what it comes down to. And... That does feel like a lot, guys. I'm sorry. I, I could not lay 12 in this one. Could you? Yeah. I'm with you. I think maybe the Bucks rushing defense will help them stay in this game a little bit. It is a big number. I don't have a strong opinion just yet. I mean, I think now that the Niners are healthier, they are, you know, a formidable team. I was on the wrong side of that last week. I just I don't have a play yet on this one. I'm not quite. I gotta I gotta think about it. But it's a lot of points. It's coming down though, isn't it? Isn't it like ten and a half, eleven and a half? I thought. Oh, did it come back down? Uh, I see eleven 12. and a half now. I bet MGM. Yeah. Okay, so it's come down there. Yeah. Okay. One ten and a half <laughs> on Vegas. 12. I see twelves. So we'll see. Um, yeah. And then and then also one one other one. 
there's Rams money coming in. So we're getting our first injury report yeah. of the week today, but that would suggest that Matthew Stafford's going to be back in their divisional matchup against Seattle. We know how week one turned out that way, so that also might be uh, impacting how we look at that game going forward. This is Betwell Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Brad Spielberger and his thoughts on Deshaun Watson's season-ending injury. That's right here on the Betwell Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. It is Wednesday. You know what that means. Joining us now, pro football focus expert Brad Spielberger is here to talk about Week 11. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Let's start with the breaking news. Deshaun Watson, Browns quarterback, out for the season with a shoulder injury. What does this mean in terms of futures for the Browns and for this upcoming game for them against the Steelers? Browns are currently two-point favorites with a total of only 34 and a half. Yeah, it's tough. You know, he actually, I think Watson had taken some strides, played a little bit better football, obviously, you know, went 14 for 14 in that second half, which is a bit more impressive now knowing he had a bad ankle and a <clears throat> broken bone in his shoulder, but obviously had not been very good overall this season. But P.J. Walker is, you know, near the bottom of the NFL in, in a handful of metrics. From a future standpoint, you know, my, my AFC North Division winner ticket, I thought I was riding high after beating the Ravens. Could probably light that one on fire now. Um, this weekend will be interesting. I, I do think the Pittsburgh Steelers become an interesting teaser leg simply because a total of 34 and a half with a plus two to Pittsburgh, like that's what you're looking for uh, when, when you want to hop on a Wong teaser is a low total defensive battle um i think that's how i would react to it for this weekend specifically brad you're good you know what double down i i'm honestly i wouldn't light that thing on fire how many games did sean watson win maybe one like yeah. most of their wins shut out and they're giving up three points i i don't know that it's bad, that, that big of a deal we'll, we'll see fair. i appreciate we'll it see. um <laughs> how many how many teams are going to make the playoffs from this division Two. I think it'll be the, the Baltimore Ravens Two. and the Cincinnati Bengals now. Um, you know, it's interesting. I mean, Pittsburgh with a win could be seven and three, which is pretty remarkable, uh, given they still to this point have not had the yardage advantage in a single game through through week 10. Um, and not even just looking at, you know, st stuff like that. I mean, they're still bottom five in success rate and EPA per play on offense. They've gotten a little bit better in the scripted drives, but now don't have the fourth quarter magic they've had early on. And I think the big thing there, too, is as good as the defensive line is, they're now down Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander for the season at linebacker. And those guys aren't world beaters, but they're both capable players. Holcomb in particular, good coverage backer, good player. Um, and their secondary outside of Joey Porter Jr. and Minka Fitzpatrick is, is abysmal. So I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But, I mean, if they're 7-3, and three, they're, they're in the driver's seat, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow night's game's interesting between the Bengals and Ravens. This spread at three and a half. We've been talking about this division. Where are you out the Bengals? Joe Burrow saying he didn't have his full toolbox the first time they played. How do you rate the Bengals moving forward? And, you know, just your thoughts on this game overall. Yeah, what's interesting about them is that the offense is now back into shape and the defense has actually been the problem. Um, you look at, and you know, we love that Lou Anarumo over here, one of the best defensive coordinators in football and what they've done adding talent to this roster in the draft and through free agency has been really sharp for a couple of years now. They're a bottom 10 team. And again, an e-paper play, success rate, scoring drive rate, they've really struggled. 
both on the ground and more in particularly through the air. They've allowed the most explosive plays in the entire NFL this season, um, which is kind of remarkable for a heavy zone, well-coached defense like them. And now Trey Hendrickson, their best pass rusher by, frankly, by a mile, um, is not going to play tomorrow. It, it sounds like maybe he'll try, but, you know, a knee sprain a couple days ago, I think it'd be kind of silly for him to play and not get that extra, you know, 10 days of rest. So, for those reasons, like I think we are going to see points scored by Baltimore. I think they're going to be able to pick their spots, throw the ball, run fairly effectively, get some explosives from Keaton Mitchell, some explosives from Zay Flowers. Um, I think it will be a, a tightly contested game, though, because also on the flip side, I think Marlon Humphrey might not play for the Ravens. I think Ronnie Stanley might not play for them as well. I think it'll be a battle. I think it'll be a close game. I don't really have a lean on a side or a total here, but I think both offenses are going to move the football in this game. Brad, I want you to put on your quarterback evaluation cap, and I hate for you to wear a hat because of, you know, the follicles that you have, which are just fantastic every single week. Uh, but I want you to put on your quarterback evaluation hat here because with how Brock Purdy performed against the Jaguars on Sunday, do you feel like he, he took a step, quarter, uh, step forward at, uh, at his position? Do you feel like he is playing better, or do you think because he got his left tackle back, he got Debo Samuel back, that the pieces around him sort of overwhelm what he can do. Do you feel like that he's taking a step forward? You know, it's funny. I think early on in the season, the narrative was, you know, probably too positive and people were throwing him in top 10 rankings and stuff like that. And then I think because of some turnover luck, finally, you know, flipping against him and yeah, losing some talent and things of that nature. Then it went the other way and it was like, oh, Brock Purdy stinks. We told you he stinks. I think he's a clear top 15 quarterback in the NFL. I just think he's in the 13 to 15 to 17 range. Um, but I do think he elevates this offense more than he gets credit for. He is willing to throw the ball downfield. It's not just because of the great playmakers. Like he's throwing into tight windows at times when it makes sense. He has good accuracy and good ball placement. Um, he is willing to maneuver the pocket and move around a little bit. Like I think you see things that Jimmy Garoppolo simply was not doing, even though he was productive as well. It was in different ways. Pretty attacks the middle of the field in the same manner. So, yeah, like he's always going to have the kind of, well, it's Kyle Shanahan plus Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle, et cetera, et cetera, McCaffrey. Um, but no, I think the narrative is, 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 I think people are wrong on both ends of the spectrum. He's good <laughs> and he makes plays and elevates the playmakers around him a little bit as well. Uh, let's talk about uh, switching the play caller in the middle of the season. We're seeing this in now a couple of spots in the Bills, obviously, with all the heat coming down on McDermott. He decides to fire Dorsey. You look at the coaching staff, it's obvious. Okay, you just elevate Joe Brady. We'll see if anything's going to change. And I, I don't think he made it official, but Reich wasn't positive the other day. Like, oh, we're still evaluating who's going to call plays. Once you say that, you're, you're saying that you're, you're switching it, right? I mean, once you throw that out there. So Reich is probably going to take back the play calling duties in Carolina. How do we evaluate this, this as betters? Is it much ado about nothing? It's the same system, same players, same coaching staff? Or do you kind of lean towards the side of, you know what? There's a guy that's in the building that knows the personnel, that knows the system, that throughout games, he's probably thinking, you know what I would do in this situation? You know what I would do in this situation if I got the opportunity? So how do you handle this? It's interesting. I mean, for both, you know, well, Reich, we obviously know what he does. And I do think Thomas Brown kind of just ran a Reich offense. Like he's from this McVay tree. We thought maybe we'd see different things. 
more pre-snap motion, more play action. None of that happened. The Panthers are 30th in pre-snap motion, even though they do line up in 11 personnel a ton, which is kind of a McVay staple. But, I mean, every team does that now. Um, so we, he still ran a, a static Reich offense. Um, so I don't think anything changes for me there. It's interesting in Buffalo because we have seen Joe Brady at LSU back in the heyday. And of course, you know, uh, in Carolina where he was scapegoated, uh, funnily enough, a couple of years ago, uh, and now Ken Dorsey gets scapegoated in Buffalo. So I think you are going to see some differences in how they trot out. Like Brady liked using a lot of tw uh, 21 personnel, two back sets. Maybe we get some James Cook with a Latavius Murray, with a Leonard Fournette. Um, he also was willing to at times kind of go empty. Maybe we'll get like Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, Khalil Shakir, and, you know, Deontay Hardy or, or another guy there. And we'll see some different, you know, kind of personnel usages. But for the most part, I think it is kind of catered to the personnel. You know what you have there. You know who's good um, and, and who you want to get the ball to. But, yeah, the Carolina or the, the Buffalo one interests me a little bit more. I wonder if Brady kind of does put his stamp on this offense and do things differently. Um, but, yeah, for, for, for Carolina, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. I'm excited for Monday night. Super Bowl rematch. This spread at two and a half and three. Do the Eagles get revenge this time around? So I think the game script is huge here, which every time I say that, I feel like it sounds dumb because it's kind of obvious. But the, the thing for me here is the Chiefs are 31st in the NFL in EPA per rush allowed and 32nd in success rate allowed. They are a very bad run defense. And the Philadelphia Eagles obviously are going to pound the rock if they can. If they're not playing from behind the entire game, I think their strategy is going to be let's have some eight-minute drives on offense. The very interesting thing Philly has done this year more than any team is we often see a team determines their pace of play approach for a season, and they tend to stick to that. Sure, on a week-to-week -week basis, depending on the opponent, they will change a little bit. Philly goes to the extreme. Like, they play Miami. They're the slowest offense in the NFL. They play, you know, insert other team. They they go up tempo. They want to push the ball. They want to they want more possessions because they know they're a better team and they don't mind if their defense has to have more possessions against that offense. So, in this game, I think they're going to slow their pace of play down a ton and they're going to run the football a ton. Um, and I think that's their key to success in this one. I struggle to say they'll win the game, but you know, I, I threw out the Steelers as a teaser leg. Bit of a higher total here, but two and a half out to eight and a half for Philadelphia. I see a lot of outcomes, including the median outcome, where they do cover an eight and a half number. I like it. That makes a ton of sense to me. How about we talk about Justin Fields and his glorious return for Chicago? But they get the Lions. Lions are nine point favorites at home with a total of 47 and a half. How do you see that game playing out? And how do you see Justin Fields playing? It's tough. I mean, you know, I think they did give him an extra week. I think he probably could have played on Thursday, but it's a throwing thumb where he probably wasn't throwing for a couple of weeks. So even if he's healthy now, is there some rust there? Is it, you know, does it feel fully the same or does it feel a little bit off at times? And is there a lack of comfort? Um, he does like, he doesn't have the biggest hands in the world. Like not to get into like combine silliness, but it, it, I think it is part of his fumbling <laughs> issues at times. Part of his, like, I know he struggles with quick outs and accuracy a lot, and, and there have been some quotes coming out about, yeah, he doesn't get the laces every time, and that, that's kind of an issue for him. So the Lions have killed inferior opponents all season long, um, mm -hmm. and I, I don't hate a, a Lions minus nine here. I mean, I think Chicago could score to uh -huh. a degree, and I do think it's interesting 
unlike Kansas City, the, the Bears quietly have a really, really good run defense. They're top three mm-hmm. in both those metrics I just mentioned. But I do wonder if part of that is tied to the opponents they've played the last five-odd weeks um, and not the fact that they're just so good against the run. Um, and, and so I can see Detroit scoring a lot in this one. It's a divisional game. It's a big spread. But, but I lean towards Detroit if I had to make a pick. All right. That one did touch double digits, but now we're we're back down with that Fields news. It's at nine. But we do have a number of point spreads where we do have double digits. So tell me which double digit dog you like. We touched on Carolina plus ten and a half against Dallas at home. Uh Carolina's at home. Vegas plus twelve at Miami. Giants plus ten at Washington. Tampa Bay plus eleven and a half at San Francisco. Which double digit dog do you like? I wish I had one for you. I don't want to force a pick there. I honestly, okay. we jumped on, yeah, we jumped on Miami minus nine and a half. Do, on do you like all the favorites? Show. Would you lay it with all these guys? I do. Okay. So okay. in particular, I, here's the thing. While I'm afraid to lay the full number for Dallas and San Fran specifically, they both play on Thursday night. And so I do have concern of, you know, if it's late in this game, let's say they're up by 17, whatever. And, and you know, they, they kind of take some starters out, get ready for a Thursday quick turnaround and get backdoored. But one of my favorite bets of this entire week is the Cowboys first half minus six and a half. We got it at minus 110. I know it's still out there, but it's probably minus 115, minus 120 at this point. Um, Dallas is third in the NFL on scripted drives in just in terms of scoring rate. They're third in the NFL in scoring drive rate in first halves of football games. And we've seen them just blow opponents out, especially bad ones, early on. And I also think for Dallas, they basically sat out the, the fourth quarter of this past week's game against the Giants. They are used to the turnaround because they play this Thursday game every single year. So they know what to expect. They know how to prepare for it. They know what they're looking into. Um, but I really like them laying a six and a half for the first half. Yeah, I, I wish I was more fun and had a, had a plucky underdog. But uh, those teams that are getting 12 points or whatever, they, they should be getting 12 points uh, plus. <laughs> uh, we got about a minute or so left. I'm curious your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers saying in the last 24 hours that he plans to come back mid-December. <laughs> Well, how do you rate this Jets team if he does come back? What version of him are we getting? I cannot wait to hear your answer here. Yeah, it's funny. I I, I almost am excited for when the Jets lose a couple more games and then Rogers like, you know, I could come back, but I'm just going to get ready for next year. And it's like, oh, you just controlled headlines for two months and sounded like a superhero, even though you probably never were actually going to come back and play. Uh, It's tough. Like my wife's a doctor. Our roommate when we were in med school is literally – well, I can't, shouldn't say too much, but like she probably was in this in the hospital when Rogers got that procedure done. I doubt she was in the actual operating room, but like she thinks it's insane <laughs> that he's making these comments. So there's no chance that he actually can come <laughs> back and be a functional quarterback. And she's like, if he does it, like he'll get hit one time and probably ruin all of 2024 in addition to 2023. Mm. So um, I think it's I think it's silly. I think it's ridiculous. And hey, if he pulls it off, I'm an idiot. I got egg on my face, but uh, I'll believe it when I see it. I love it. Nicely done. Okay, 30 <laughs> seconds left. Any other plays you like for this week? Yes. So, uh, real quick here. So, I mentioned the Cowboys. I mentioned Steelers. Uh, Vikings also is a teaser leg going up against the Denver Broncos. Selling the, the kind of push towards them after beating Buffalo. I think Beth- Buffalo is just an inherently flawed team. And one quick prop for you, as always. Like Jamar Chase, over 84 and a half receiving yards this week. I mentioned, I think they're going through the football. Maybe no Marlon Humphrey in this game. Um, even when he was the entire focal point against Houston, he still put up 120. I like Jamar in that game. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good stuff, good stuff. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is Becky All Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's Trend or Truth time right here on the Becky All Network. Betting trends are everywhere. 89% have the bets at the under. So is it just a trend? You could try to zig when everyone else is zagging and go the other way on some of these. Or is there some truth behind those numbers? They're going to play the Chiefs. They're going to play the Chargers. Eagles. This schedule's brutal. It's time to find out. It's trend or truth on BetQL Daily. Presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and the zigging or zagging Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Which one are you mm-hmm. doing today? Uh, I'll say neither. Can I? Why does that one bother you? That is a, a <laughs> normal statement that is made all the time in sports betting. Why, why does it that one bother you? It makes me want to crawl under a rock and die yeah that's what it makes me want to do no but why i'm saying like it's not there's know. nothing wrong some people hate listening to themselves perhaps i'm one All of right. them so is that uh, a request okay. to change the open do we need to find a replacement clip for the next time we do this no. oh okay I, I, I wouldn't do that i agree I, okay take my advice aaron do not put that request in they're gonna find something worse or they're gonna do and- ai and make it worse I I would suggest that even after football season, you could do trend or truth in basketball, in baseball, hockey. Why do you think I chose that clip? Because it can live forever. I never have to redo it. Like that is, I know, it's really good producing. Evergreen, as they like to say in the biz. I'm just trying to make Erin upset about the idea of her listening to that year round. Good. Was it maybe originally about basketball? Maybe, but we don't have to really talk about that. Yes, it's March Madness that's zagging and everyone else. Wait, I, Paul, oh, Paul has been Purdue? patting his back. 
Paul, Paul's been patting himself on the back like every segment today. <laughs> Have you guys that's noticed? That's not even close to true. Yeah, great producing. Oh, great producing. There's been a noticeable uptick today. From zero? Okay, I upticked from zero because I happened to say let's do AFC wildcard power rankings today, and then Deshaun Watson gets ruled out. Yes. Victory. Lap. 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 PA. Gosh, I'm a great host. Right? That's you zig when everyone else is zagging. You zag when everyone else is zigging. Yeah. Come on. The, the best host Betty is the ziggy. Yeah, right? Of course. Aaron's going to start taking Wednesdays off if Trend or Truth is like, that's the day we're going to do. So I think uh, we might need to move it from one day to the next just to keep her on her toes. Yes. I'll just get immune right. to it. I'll tune it out after a while and it won't bother me as much anymore. Could just do it every day. I mean, listen, the the reality is when I see an open with with us from previous clips, I'm I'm like, we're idiots. We're all idiots. But that's what the show is. We're all idiots every day. Tune in weekdays. Joe, how how deep is the flannel wardrobe? Like how many Flannel? flannel shirts do we got? Yeah. What do you mean? No, I just feel like a lot of the clips, and maybe this is bad producing. I'm like, oh, it, here's Joe in a flannel whoa. shirt. Way to keep now yourself humble. I, yeah, see? Yeah, right. I know. I Well, I think that was random. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, should I wear that shirt? Because they've got it, like, in every open. and it's gonna well, It was a great day for you, baby. Maybe you just had a great had show. It. And I was like, man, I actually on fire. Ha- I haven't even worn this in, like, at least a few weeks. Uh, or it was I'm just be honest, lazy I think my dad me. has that shirt. It. Or it was lazy producing, and it was like, all right, we got to get all these opens. I guess I got to watch one show and pay attention and write stuff down. That could have happened. It could have been somewhere in between. It could have been some of your best stuff. It could have been, all right, this is easy. I've been there. Oh, we got to submit something for a stupid award. All right, what happened? Let's see what happens today. We got to pick something, anything. I I cannot wait for Trend or Truth to win an award. Then I will retire and ride off into the sunset. That that would be amazing. Speaking of segues, we're talking about Joe's lucky shirt where he does all of his best work, but apparently Pat Mahomes has lucky underwear. Yes, Yes, and it's red, like your SMU shirt. Was it white originally? (laughs) Not of the same material. Not of the same material. (laughs) What? Yeah, that was that was an insane thing to say. What? It's football. What? Things happen. I don't know. Oh, Not there. Wow. <laughs> uh, I knew a kid in high school who accidentally cut himself shaving, and he bled oh, a lot. See? Oh man! Oof. Is he shaving himself there. down there? Like, yep. Yes. I think that was the implication. Yes. Thank, thank oh, you, Joe, for broadcasting God. that. No, he dropped the razor when he was shaving his face. Said it. Yeah. Listen. Right. He's married. Caught There's something no on the way down. There's no reason. He's Pat Mahomes. Like, what does he got to play for? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't think it's that crazy. There were headlines everywhere about this. And he said, if we're buying what he's selling, he's saying he only wears it for games. And yes, it's been what, six, seven years now? Since 2017. So, enough. Yeah. Okay. So. I don't know. Are like, there holes in the underwear now? But it's like, not year round. It's not year round. It's you know, like if but, you were to, let's say there was an underwear counter, like every time you wore it, it goes off. Like, how high is that number getting? It's probably getting pretty high. 
It's a good point. Like, what's the Cedar average chest to avoid the moths? Average day count for like one pair of underwear, and then you do yeah. what seventeen times seven. You're probably yeah. You're probably yeah. Probably not that bad. I wonder if he's yeah. gonna auction off these undies for charity one day. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> what? Why would he? Oh no! Like the the, the coffin His will lucky include the underwear. underwear. You know Imagine. what? I would be like, look, oh, I will write the check. Carry that with you. What will you guys Maybe. want? I'll just write the check. Like, instead of you having my underwear, I'll just write the check if I'm him. <laughs> what do you need? What if? Right. I mean, maybe, maybe, we're thinking about, maybe we're thinking about the witchcraft all wrong. If Brittany and Taylor are on the outs, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's Mahomes that'll be the one that gets cursed. I don't know. Oh man, how are you gonna do oh, no. Mahomes like that? Wow. Man, that's give him a torn ACL. Here? I mean, that's no, I, I, I don't know. Maybe rips the, maybe he rips the lucky underwear. Oh, and, and oh then... I thought you were gonna say Achilles. No, <laughs> no, come on, Joe. On topic, please. <laughs> we we're just talking about Roger. So do yeah, demons yeah, come out, or some sort of specter that that we know something <laughs> awful has just occurred. Is that how that well, works? I don't know if the Mahomes underwear thing falls under trend or truth, but everybody that's everybody's first thought is Chiefs related for trends this week. And it's Andy Reid. 27 and four straight up off the bye. That includes playoffs straight up. So I, I think it's somewhat valid. It's such a short number, two and a half. I expect it to close somewhere around there right now. The places that do have a three, it's a juice three. So it's probably going to say mostly two and a half. Um, I saw an interesting story about, uh, leading into the Bills game, and some quotes from Sean Payton, and he was asked about this. And when Reed got off, like years ago, when I mean he's had this great record throughout, and it was established, and people started talking about it. Payton just called Reed. It's like, dude, what are you doing? It's like, what is it? Because Payton at the time was zero and three off of buys, and you know I'm sure he didn't reveal everything, but Reed was just like, tell him to get out. That's what I do. There's no magic. I tell him to leave. He's like, on Monday, we come in. After that, don't come back the rest of the week. If we win on Sunday, don't come in on Monday. Go away. And he said that's what he's done. And, and by, So Sean Payton followed that. And so now we include the win on Monday. Sean Payton, since doing that, he's 11-3 and three straight up. I know a lot of it is with Breeze. But, I mean, that's what Andy Reid swears by, that he's just like, you know what, get away from football, please, go somewhere else. And a, a lot of people are making a big deal about Kelsey being here, Kelsey being there. Okay, he's not focused. That's what Andy Reid wants him to do. Listen, I trust Andy Reid. I don't think yeah. this is a trend. It is truth. I'm not looking to go against Andy Reid off the of by. The numbers are what they are. And even uh, during the Super Bowl when they had that time off, like I remember that quote about he was like saying something about like, if you don't want to be here or if you're not doing this or that, like leave now. Like he guys listen to him and they buy in and he's one of the best coaches of all time. So I, I say it's truth. I think it's truth except in this situation where most of the time I probably would buy into this idea. And look, 
you know, Andy Reid's teams are naturally talented, and I think he knows how to, you know, handle personalities and how to keep them, you know, relaxed and loose, things like that. So I, I like mm-hmm. the approaches overall. I think that makes a whole lot of sense. And I do think there's some truth to it just as far as, like, his teams being extra talented, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not sure it applies to the here and the now going up against the Eagles. We're also coming off a bye. who also have a fantastic coaching staff that probably also knows how to handle their personnel really, really well. So to me, that's a bit of a push, not to mention uh, Dr. Ed Fang uh, talked about this recently uh, on one of his podcasts. And to me, this is really important. Uh, teams coming off of a bye used to have a one point advantage because of this. Uh, rest matters more than rust. I know it's something we've talked about, you know, over the last few years. And I largely believe that that line really should be moving by about a point as far as a team coming off of a bye going up, going up against a team, not coming off of a bye. So there's that, but that advantage is decreasing because science is sort of evening the playing field, so to speak, where you get off that bye. well, yeah, you're rested, but all those other teams that are playing, in a way, they're also rested because they know how to recoup during the week a good bit better than they used to be able to. So in that sense, I think that advantage will start to decrease a little bit, despite Andy Reid being an absolute genius. And especially because the Eagles are coming off of a bye, I'm going to call that a trend specifically for this game coming up. I don't find that actionable here. The uh, interesting is the league trying to do that where you match up two uh, teams with extra rest up against each other did that last week also with San Francisco and Jacksonville. Right. The straight up record is yeah. awesome. The ATS record is much closer to 500. It's still strong, you know, but it's not like it's at the 60% mark. So I would say it's looking more and more like trends, but most of the situations where we're talking about read off the buy, he's laying a big number. That is not the case this week. In most cases, we're looking for, for the winner. Um, a few other that's, few others that stood out okay how about san francisco they've got a big number at home double digits against tampa bay last 19 home games 16 and 3 against the spread trend or truth Mm. truth to me absolutely truth makes a ton of sense aaron yeah just tough geographically where they're at maybe that's because teams traveling and they've been good right recently so yep I would agree. And another one, uh, Bears last 13 in the division, 1-12 against the spread. Whew. Truth. They're awful. Uh, Yeah, truth (laughs) truth in this application. I'm fine with that. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, what should we do about the Heisman Trophy? That's right here on the BetQL Network.